This is It Is Written. I'm John Bradshaw. Thanks for joining me. The Bible says in 3 John verse 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. In other words, it's God's will that we prosper not only physically, but spiritually. Or you might say not only spiritually, but physically. Which way would you say it? Clearly, from a biblical point of view, the two are inextricably linked together. We want to talk about that today in the context of a lifestyle illness, a disease which is a modern-day scourge, and it's only getting worse. You know people who are affected by it. You might be affected by it yourself. And if you're not, the sad fact is there's a very, very good chance that before too long, you will be. I'm talking about Alzheimer's. My guest today is Dr. Wes Youngberg. He is a lifestyle medicine specialist and clinical nutritionist in Southern California. He is also an assistant clinical professor for the schools of medicine and public health at Loma Linda University. I am really glad you've made time to be here today. Dr. Youngberg, thanks for joining yeah, it's me. It's good to be here, John. Alzheimer's, I gotta tell you, I'm not scared of cancer. I'm not scared of heart disease. <laughs> I'm not scared of stroke. I'm scared of this stuff because it seems to strike indiscriminately and anyone and everyone. I'm bothered by Alzheimer's and dementia. Your book deals with Alzheimer's. Your book is called Memory Makeover. It is a fascinating book because in the midst of this terrible thing, it offers hope. Let me ask you first, what's Alzheimer's? Well, you know, let me actually just read the very first line of chapter one in the book, uh, where, where, you know, a lot of people you know, don't understand Alzheimer's. I had a, a friend of mine, a neurologist, recently at a conference that we were both speaking. I says, you're not telling people that they can actually reverse Alzheimer's, are you? And I said, define Alzheimer's. Right. See, this has been one of the challenges all along, is how do we actually define Alzheimer's? And no, we're, we're not saying that you can start here at the, at the advanced to severe Alzheimer's and then totally get rid of it all the way. We're saying that at every stage of dementia, of, of mild cognitive decline, there is a potential to improve that, to begin to reverse that process of cognitive decline. And that's exciting because up until recently, we have all believed that there's really nothing that can be done. Right. I know you're about to read something from your book about what Alzheimer's is, but I'm already ready to jump ahead. <laughs> you are saying something that seems to fly in the face of contemporary belief. That is, if you've got it, you've got it. There's really not much you can do about it. Most everybody just accepts if, uh, if, if I put on weight, maybe I can take it off. If I get diabetes, I can certainly reverse that, as you well know, as you have taught. But this, this is a one-way street. You're saying that's not necessarily so. You better read this, yeah. so this bit here before so John, you never do. We're at a crossroads right now where, where we're, we're kind of at a crossroads where there is hope. There is a, there's a tremendous amount of medical literature suggesting that there's things that we can do. There's tests that we can run to figure out what our risk factors are, what we can do about them. Uh, and the more of these risk factors we discover, the closer we get to that tipping point, to that threshold effect where we can actually start healing rather than progressing in this scourge, as you put it, of cognitive decline. And so to answer your question specifically, Alzheimer's disease is a form of dementia. It's the most common form of dementia. It is a decline in mental ability severe enough to interfere with the activities of daily living. That's the bottom line. And so if we can do something to take somebody from, from a severe dysfunction in their daily lives and improve their lives so that the husband or the wife have their spouse back, 
they're, they're, I have had a wife, uh, a husband who says, my wife is now laughing at my jokes again. She's smiling at me. She's talking to me. Five years ago, she wasn't even talking to me. I've had, I remember a man saying to me recently, I have been mourning the loss of my wife for 20 or 25 years. Yes. She's still very much alive. Yes. But she's gone. Uh, yeah. as it were. Okay. And we're here to give hope even for that individual. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. So Alzheimer's. How does Alzheimer's differ from dementia? Give me, give me some definitions okay, here so or some, dementia some differences. Dementia is the broader term for, for cognitive decline that's severe. Yep. And, and so really, you know, a lot of people say, well, she didn't, they don't have really Alzheimer's, they have dementia. Well, Alzheimer's represents 80% yep. of all dementias. It's the number one condition uh, that is associated with dementia. There's over 20 different classes of dementia, but Alzheimer's is by far the, the, the lion's share of dementia. What happens with Alzheimer's? What, what, what is it? How does it play out in a person's life? You know, the, the, the bottom line, John, is that it, it just changes your ability to function in daily living. So many of my patients who come to me, their initial concern is, man, I'm I'm, I'm fishing for that word, and you know, I used to, I used to be really bright, and, and that word, I can see it, I know everything about it, I can describe everything, <laughs> but I don't, I can't pick up that word. So that synapse, that synapse that's in our brain and our hippocampus that is responsible for that word is not connected right, it's, it's fragmenting. And so our job is to kind of help heal that synapse that holds that, that word or that partial memory so that we can start using it again. And that is actually quite possible. So Alzheimer's is forgetfulness. Yeah, it's, that's, that's a big part of it. Okay, what else? Yeah, it's, it's um, see, when we think of forgetfulness, mo most of us are thinking about we forgot somebody's name or, or we forgot what, our, what my wife told me yesterday. Oh, amen. Or, you know, we have to take notes for everything now because we just forget or even... Some people are forgetting where they are, right? They're driving along in a familiar road that they've driven on for decades, and they're going, oh, wait a minute, where am I? So the hippocampus, the part of the brain that's associated with, with taking short-term memories and making them into long-term memories, is also like a GPS. It, it's, it's a locator. It, it tells us where we are in reference to the world around us. And if that part of the brain is starting to atrophy, is starting to become senile, Senility is just loss of cells in that area of the brain. And uh, if that happens, we, we're not going to be able to do the things that we always took for granted. And that can progress so gradually into going into the bathroom not knowing what to do. See, and so that's a memory problem as well. Okay, and so this can get really bad, so we want to prevent that from ever happening. Okay, what we're going to do, we more than likely will do this in the next program. We're going to talk about how you can start to reverse this. Right. So you don't want to miss that. How can you begin to reverse some of these processes and find improvement? But before we get to reversing, let's talk about preventing. Yes. Now, yes. uh, we don't have long before we go to the first break, but where do we begin with this to prevent this kind of, to keep the wolf from the door? Now, re researchers at Loma Linda have actually established that about 90% of all Alzheimer's is preventable. So this is good news for those of us who have a family history. My grandfather on my mother's side had Alzheimer's. So does that have something to say about my future health? Of course it does. It, it gives me clues. It's a red flag. Oh, this is Wes. You need to be a pay paying attention to this because you, like so many other individuals, could succumb to Alzheimer's. So, so we know from the Adventist health studies and other studies that, that 90% 
of Alzheimer's is preventable, but we have to have actionable steps. We have to be willing to accept that information and then incorporate it into our lives so that we're taking advantage of it. Okay, so a person's got to be, well, okay, you've got, you've got to be willing to accept it and incorporate it. Why wouldn't someone be willing to accept and incorporate? <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you one reason. Uh, I had, I had a, a patient just recently, just a few weeks, tell me. Uh, I've been working with him a year, and we'll talk about this in the next program, where, where she reversed her dementia so much that she is now functional. She had a, she'd had advanced Alzheimer's for over five years before we started, and, but her husband wouldn't give up. And so her husband went to the neurologist and said, what can I do? So the neurologist has actually referred them to me, and, and so they've been going to church for this whole year, and other couples, five other couples in that church also have a spouse with severe Alzheimer's, and, and it just gets worse really quick, right? Sure. Unless you're actually addressing the risk factors that that individual has. So, so after a year now, uh, the other spouses are coming to him, so like, man, you're so lucky. Your wife is doing so much better. Look at our spouses, man. They're just... They're just progressing rapidly into further severe forms of dementia. And, and, and so my, my patient, you know, the husband says, let me tell you what we did. And, and, and they started talking about diet. And, and immediately their, their affect changed. And they said, oh, no, no, no. Don't talk to me about diet. Says, my doctor told me there's nothing that could be done. And I believe my doctor. And so I'm not going to change my diet. Of course, that's not scientific because any doctor who's studied nutrition understands that the brain operates based on well or not well, based on how well, how well you eat. So that's one of the first steps that we use to prevent the process of neural degeneration. And we're going to talk about many other steps as well. My guest is Dr. Wes Youngberg. We're talking about Alzheimer's and you are discovering today that there is hope. More in just a moment. Hello, I'm Dr. Wes Youngberg, and I've just written a book called Memory Makeover, How to Prevent Alzheimer's and Reverse Cognitive Decline. This book is in story form. It's case studies of individuals that I've worked with and my colleagues have worked with where they've actually been able to stop cognitive decline, and 80% of the time have been able to reverse aspects of cognitive decline. If you want to know more about that, get the book Memory Makeover. Thanks for joining me today on It Is Written. I'm John Bradshaw. My guest is Dr. Wes Youngberg. Currently, there are 5.4 million people in the United States suffering from Alzheimer's. By 2050, that will be 16 million. What's even more dramatic is that around the world by then, there will be 160 millions of people suffering from Alzheimer's, a dreaded and dreadful disease. But Dr. Youngberg is telling us that there is hope and Alzheimer's can be prevented, warded off. Tell me more about this. How do we, what do we do to prevent this? It's a horrible thing. Well, the first step for all of us, you know, it's been said that uh, of the 318 million people in the U.S. that were alive in 2012, a full 45 million of us, John, will have Alzheimer's uh, in our lifetime. So, and that's scary, especially since actually about four times that many people would have Alzheimer's, but they died from something else before they could actually be diagnosed with Alzheimer's. 
So even those of us who don't have the genetic predisposition, the ApoE4 mutation that dramatically increases risk for Alzheimer's, even amongst those, one half of us, okay, about 40 to 50%, will develop Alzheimer's after age 85, even without the genetic mutation. If we have the genetic mutation, that happens 10 to 20 years earlier. And so, in other words, we're all at risk. Right. We all, every single one of us, have significant risk. Yeah. And so we should be paying attention to the principles of prevention. And everybody realizes that this thing is on the rise. Uh, a generation ago, no one knew anyone suffering from Alzheimer's. Today, everybody knows someone. Yes. Memory care centers are being built left and right. There's yes. an Alzheimer's unit here and there and, and there and everywhere else. It's growing, growing, growing. So this is something, this is something very seriously we need to look at it. Why are we talking it? Talking about it on it is written. The Bible says that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So the more you can do to protect this thing and keep it in a way that honors God and keep it shipshape, the better off you're going to be. Why would you suffer from something you don't need to suffer from, particularly when your body is not your own? We've been bought at a price. So let's talk about some of these concrete steps for avoiding or preventing Alzheimer's. When I, was, uh, when I was a young teenager, the favorite book that I read was called The Ministry of Healing. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't read that book, I encourage the, 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 the viewers of this show to get that book. I'm sure they can get it right from here. And it, the book basically outlines the major foundational principles of lifestyle medicine, what we can do to optimize our health right now, even before we even understand we have risk. It begins with optimizing nutrition. It begins by not, not, just, not just thinking that we're eating healthy because, you know, we're comparing ourselves to what somebody else eats, but to, to ask the question, what is actually best for me right now? And that begins with just getting a lot of colors. You know, so if we had to simplify this to one principle is get lots of colors, lots of greens, lots of reds, lots of blues. Not Skittles, Fruit Loops, and, right. and, and lollipops. Right. Okay? Those are colorful, but those are artificial colors, right? We want to get uh, colors that come to us from nature. Those very colors, John, those very pigments are actually the phytochemicals that turn your genes on or off, that activate your genes, either promoting disease or turning off uh, the genes of disease. So the, the right colors from the right foods will literally turn the healing genes on and turn the disease genes off. Here's what's really interesting about this, is that we're talking about a destructive disease, a rampant disease, and it's becoming more rampant. We're talking about how to prevent it. And, and you, you, haven't, you haven't said you need to get this chemical or this drug. You've gone real simple. This is going to strike a lot of people as being just way too simple. <laughs> Well, it's so simple, the researchers actually have proven this over and over and over again. The researchers at, at Chicago Rush Institute have, have discovered years ago that just people, elderly, who get two cups of green leafy vegetables a day, you know, how many people do that? But if they do that, they have a brain health that's at least five years younger than their peers. Mm. So it dramatically staves off, it slows down the progress that normally leads to dementia over time. And let's be honest, I don't, I, I don't want to be indelicate about it, uh, but I, I guess I might be. The standard American diet is garbage. And that's right? why they call it sad. Yeah. Standard, standard American, American diet. diet. It is very sad. I think if most people, most people stopped and looked, we'd be saying, mm, the truth is my diet's not what it ought to be. I think perhaps we don't realize the unfortunate results of going down that road. Maybe we don't realize there's going to be payday someday if we don't do something about our diet. 
So, so leafy green vegetables and lots of colors. What else would you recommend? Yeah. You know, the key is basically colorful fruits, but the, but the base of a brain-healthy diet is lots and lots of the non-starchy, green leafies, colorful vegetables, and colorful fruits like blueberries. Mm -hmm. One, a lot of good research on how organic blueberries in particular are really good for their brain. Nuts, seeds uh, are extremely beneficial. Avocados are very beneficial. Olives are especially beneficial. Olives are known to have a chemical called oleocanthal in them that literally block the toxins that damage the brain and, and help those cells, those brain cells, continue to grow like they should. And the new brain cells that we're all developing every day actually can, can survive long enough if we're using these natural foods on a daily basis. Now, what I'm going to do in just a moment, I'm going to ask you uh, to talk to me about what you've seen. Well, there are other things that we can do to prevent Alzheimer's as well, and, and Alzheimer's uh, under that coverall banner of dementia. There are other things we can do. You'll tell me about those, but I also want to hear about the evidence. Bob did this. Bob was here. Bob did this. Bob is now here. So in a moment, we'll find out that this absolutely really does work. Back with more with Dr. Wes Youngberg in just a moment. Hello, I'm Dr. Wes Youngberg, and I've just written a book called Memory Makeover, How to Prevent Alzheimer's and Reverse Cognitive Decline. This book is in story form. It's case studies of individuals that I've worked with and my colleagues have worked with where they've actually been able to stop cognitive decline and 80% of the time have been able to reverse aspects of cognitive decline. If you want to know more about that, get the book, Memory Makeover. Most everybody wants to live a little longer, a little healthier, and a little happier. But the question is, how can you experience that life? Jesus said that he came into the world that we might have life more abundantly. Evidently, it's what God wants us to have. So don't miss Life and Longevity with special guest, Dr. David DeRose. We uncover simple secrets of the Bible, attainable secrets, the things that God presents to us that are guaranteed to enhance our lives and at the same time, open up our hearts and minds to receive more of the Holy Spirit of God. Life and Longevity, Bible Secrets, to living the abundant life that God wants you to have. Featuring special guest, Dr. David DeRose. Life and Longevity on It Is Written TV. Thanks for joining me on It Is Written. I'm John Bradshaw. My guest is Dr. Wes Youngberg, whose new book is Memory Makeover. Talks about preventing and even reversing Alzheimer's and other forms of dementia. Jesus said he came to the world that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And you and I both know there's not much abundance in a life that is riddled by some of these really difficult diseases. Dr. Youngberg, we've talked about the importance of diet in preventing Alzheimer's. Give me one, two, three, four, however many uh, more steps there might be or things we can do to prevent diseases such as Alzheimer's. Yeah, so we can not only prevent and to clarify, we're talking about reversing cognitive decline, sure. beginning to reverse that process, seeing visible uh, functional physiologic evidence yeah. that people can get better. Sure. 
So, so the, the key principles, uh, we started out with nutrition. There's a lot. We could spend hours talking about how to optimize nutrition, but there's some basic principles there. And we just need to use common sense, but then we need to focus on healthy foods, foods that are rich in nutrients, things that we can grow in the soil. We need to eat a lot more of those foods. Uh, number two is exercise. There is little doubt. In fact, some of the best evidence is that the very first thing that we should take advantage of, you know, some of us are really caught in a, in, in a, with a big challenge with diet, and we're really struggling, and it's hard to have the willpower to actually eat a healthy diet. So maybe the very first thing, John, that we should be focusing on is getting on a, a reasonable but consistent daily exercise program. Mm -hmm. So Exercise not only makes us feel better, so we're better able to make good decisions, right? But, uh, and start taking advantage of the other strategies, it actually makes us sleep better. And when we sleep better, we also make a lot better decisions. Uh, so, but exercise specifically stimulates the, the glial cells in the brain. These are the structural immune cells in the brain that can release a hormone-like substance called BDNF, or brain-derived neurotrophic factor. I've, I've heard you talking about this on, on other shows on this program. And, and this BDNF literally heals brain cells. It literally heals the synapses that hold the memories that are not plugged into, into the proper connections. And so when, we, when the brain is able to produce more of this hormone, the brain heals and we're able to remember better. We're able to have better cognition. Well, exercise just happens to be one of the, if not the most powerful strategy that we know of in the medical literature to stimulate this process. Does uh, sleep have any part to play in this? Uh, it has such a big part that if we don't figure out sleep properly, we're going to be sliding in this progression of cognitive decline for the rest of our lives. Uh, and, 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 if we, and if we're already noticing cognitive decline, if we don't figure out the sleep, pro, uh, sleep problem, we're going to slide faster. There are people who say, I can get by on four hours a night. Can they really? No. No, I, I can tell you case study after case study, unless somebody gets a good night's rest, uh, they're, they're on their way towards cognitive decline. Are there other steps people can take to improve their uh, cognitive function? One of the simplest things is just drink enough water. You know, the way our body is wired, the way our, our feelings are wired, we don't realize that we're dehydrated most of the day and night. And so you can't operate by your feelings when it comes to health. We need to be in touch with our feelings. But if you only drink water or eat or sleep when you feel like it, you're in trouble. <laughs> you're, you're, you're on the way towards some serious health complications. And so what I suggest to my patients is that when they first wake up, that one of the first things they do is drink between 16 and 20 ounces of water. So I actually go downstairs, take some filter water, put it on the st stove and heat it up, and then I add some little organic lemon on it. So I have my, my mug of warm to hot water. Man, I'm glad I'm in good company. Drink that down. I do exactly the same thing, hey. except no lemons are harmed <laughs> in the preparation of my water. You don't Otherwise, have to have lemons. Same. So, so when we wake up, everybody's horribly dehydrated. 
just a 1% decrease in your body weight because of dehydration already is affecting cognition in a dramatic way. You're not making good decisions. You may, instead of talking nicely to your spouse, you're talking gruffly. It's amazing how just a, a good drink of water can change your, predis- your disposition in, in life. Mm-hmm. So make sure you're hydrated properly first thing in the morning. Try to get that about 20 minutes before breakfast. And then mid-morning and mid-afternoon. Those are the second and third most important times to get your water. Even if you have to set your smartphone for 10 o'clock and 3 o'clock, make sure you get that water. Because if you don't, you're impaired mentally, physically. I think I could answer this question myself, but I would, would prefer that you do it. So someone goes to the physician and says, you know, I, I really want to try to fight back this thing. I'm going to eat well and drink well and exercise and get more sleep and, and so forth. I can just imagine, and, and I don't mean this in a cynical sense, but I can imagine certain individuals in the medical community saying, it's not that easy. It's not that simple. We have medication and so forth. Because there's a, there's a certain culture that's very much wired that way. Not everybody. What do you say to that person who might get some pushback? Or what do you say to that physician, perhaps, who might be thinking, no, we, we know better than this? Well, actually, I spend quite a, a bit of my time lecturing to doctors at conferences on this topic. And um, fortunately, I'm getting a lot of positive feedback mm, from, from many doctors in All the medical right. community because... You know, if, you, if you're a doctor and you really care for your patient, you're always looking for something that's reasonable. And so, you know, pa- patients, depending on their level of cognitive decline, uh, we need to start at the most fundamental place. And so there may be various medicines or other strategies that we need to introduce at a certain point if somebody has progressed in their dementia. But regardless of what else we do medically, if we don't address the fundamentals, pretty much everything else we do is not going to work very well. Almost guaranteed. So when we take care of the fundamentals, it can be a dramatic factor in preventing that slide into dementia. I appreciate you taking the time to give us hope. He's Dr. Wes Youngberg, and his book is Memory Makeover, How to Prevent Alzheimer's and Reverse Cognitive Decline the Natural Way. And we'll talk again because on our next program... I want to pick your brains about what it means and what it takes to reverse some of this. So, Dr. Youngberg, thank you. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here, John. Thanks. Thank you for remembering that It Is Written exists because of the kindness of people just like you. To support this international life-changing ministry, please call us now at 800-253-3000. You can send your tax-deductible gift to the address on your screen, or you can visit us online at itiswritten.com. Thank you for your prayers and for your financial support. Our number again is 800-253-3000. Or you can visit us online at itiswritten.com. Let's pray together now. Our Father in heaven, we come in Jesus' name, thanking you today for hope in the midst of real difficulty. We thank you that there is a way out of and even back from some of life's real challenges. And as we apply some of these principles we've learned just now, We look to you to add your blessing, your miracle-working power, and restoration. We thank you for life more abundantly in Jesus Christ. And it is in his name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us. Looking forward to seeing you again next time. Until then, remember, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God.